Sunday I'll have a Father's Day message. If that's what the Lord wants, if not, then we'll just roll on. We'll keep rolling with this or roll into whatever that the Lord may have for us because that's what's more important to me than following a, tra a tradition of trying to keep up with the status quo. Um, so as we're going to talk about this today, uh, you know, like I said, we've been talking about a puzzle and, and putting the puzzle together. And oftentimes after we break out all the pieces, what do we sit on the table to see the bigger picture? We set the box there, right? So the God's Word just happens to be the bigger picture that shows us the details of how God will operate in our life. And why is that, Pastor James? It's because the Holy Spirit will never contradict God's Word. Mm -hmm. Never. So at any point in our life when we feel like the, that the Holy Spirit's telling us something, here's your fact check right here. So here you go, Facebook. You want to fact check? Yeah. Fact check this. You know, and I'll just say that for the records. Uh, but at any rate, so we're on part three, and, and as you already already know, I always have a subtitle. And it started out as one thing, but this morning the Lord changed it on me. And I said, Lord, that just makes so much more sense. And it's called every piece has a place every piece of that puzzle has a place in where it's going to fit in because we know that we, we we last week we talked about creating the borders and and these four key points of these borders although it's not limited to those things it it, it does set the precedent uh for for what should be taking place it kind of gives us our outline so we want to talk about today about all of the pieces of the puzzle having a place because how many times have we just continuously took that piece of the puzzle and tried to make it fit and it's like and then somebody obviously somebody next to you and you're like hey that piece don't fit and I've heard mom say before yes it does <laughs> yes it does but when you begin to look at the scheme of things just because it looked like it may fit in the reality is is every piece of that puzzle has a place you know and, and I want to speak that very same word over each one of us here this morning those that may be watching us via YouTube or via podcast I, I want to let you know that every piece of your life has has a place there's a placement for it, and we might not always understand it. And sometimes you can't put one piece of the puzzle there until you put something else together. You begin to see things. So there's a strategy of how we're doing. Man, I'm, I'm already preaching good this morning. I'm preaching yeah. myself happy. But we're gonna, but we're gonna start off with our flagship scripture as we always do, uh, because I just think that it's so important that we have something that we keep rolling back to. Jeremiah 29 and 11 speaks this you notice I've kind of changed the background on there too it's not it's not black so I'm I, I, I'm working on it trying to be a little more creative so uh, so work with me here so it says for I know the plans now let's just stop for a minute if, if he says for I know then that means I've already got some insight I have begun to look at God's Word and what God's Word has to say for my life and to my life and all the other pieces of the puzzle that will be there for I know the plans which is plural that I have for you says the Lord they are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope that that's such an important word there and, and I still want to rely upon what what scripture comes before it and what scripture comes behind it because it, it led up to to this and what was going to follow thereafter. You know, so so that you know this was the precedent that that, that God wanted to speak through Jeremiah to the children of Israel while they were being held in captivity in Babylon because of their rebellion. And God wanted to reassure them that, that everything that he has for them is good, regardless of what the circumstance looks like, regardless of what's going on around us. My plan for you is good. Amen. 
So, so here's a couple questions that I kind of want to throw out there this morning is why does it seem that it takes so long to put all the pieces together? Because oftentimes when we sit down to do a puzzle or when we have family time and we sit down and do a puzzle, most of the time we, we may start it, but guess what? We don't finish it. And sometimes we don't finish it together. So here's you another little nugget on that. Just because you start a piece of the puzzle with somebody in your life doesn't mean that they're going to be there when you complete the end of that puzzle. That's good. They're not going to always be there because that puzzle has been destined to be completed. Hallelujah. So here's another question is why do so many pieces not work together? I mean, they seem to have the right curve. They seem to have the right notches and stuff, but they just don't seem to coexist with one another. So, so, so here's, the, here's what I want to speak to you this morning is that there is an order of, pro, of, of the procedure. We cannot skip a step. That's so important. We cannot skip a step because if we skip a step, now it's just like, now back when mom used to make her homemade tortillas, if she skipped a step, well then it didn't turn out the way that it was supposed to. If she didn't, I don't know, if she didn't roll them out or if she didn't get all the air pockets out of them, then things just begin to become misshaped. It didn't change that they were good. I still remember those when I first got married. Cause man, you take those tortillas, you heat them up, you take that stick of butter and you just slather it all over that and you roll it up and you eat it. I mean, that was your snack. You know, there won't no potato chips. There won't no, I'm going to eat some cookies. And I'm not saying that they were good for us, but on the same token, uh, everybody enjoyed them. And, and I'm so thankful that we have that memory that you share that with me and my family with well, my family before me but but you know and my kids as well because my kids will even talk about it sometimes so so also that that each piece is strategically placed because we were talking about we can't skip a step so so we can't do one without the other we can't do one piece unless we've got the other piece in order and sometimes we we will skip around but everything almost always is based off of that border almost all the time everything is based off of that border you usually try to build it from the outside in so today what i want to do is i want to look through the life of joseph and see how this plan of god worked and all that joseph did while god operated so i know i usually have a lot of scripture but uh, I don't have a lot of scripture because I want to talk to you today. I want to get personal with you today. I want to get personal with those that may be viewing us as well or those that are listening to us. So we'll be reading out of Genesis chapter 37. Genesis chapter 37 verses 5 through 10. And we have all heard this story before. But what I want to do is I want to bring to your attention about all the pieces of this puzzle for for joseph had its strategic placing so we'll begin reading in verse 5 through 10 and it said one night joseph had a dream and when he told his brothers about it they hated him even more listen to this dream he said we were out in the field tying up bundles of grain excuse me Suddenly my bundle stood up and your bundles all gathered around and bowed low before mine. His brothers responded, so you think you will be our king, do you? Do you actually think you will reign over us? And they hated him all the more because of his dreams and the way he talked about them. Verse 9, soon Joseph had another dream. Y'all say another dream. Say God, God, God will keep speaking to you. He'll keep, He'll keep putting that in your spirit. He'll keep nudging you on. He'll keep propelling you to to what He's destined for your life. Oftentimes, are we listening? Are we, are we, are we really listening to what God has to say to us? So we'll begin with verse nine again. Soon Joseph had another dream, and again he told his brothers about it. Listen, I have had another dream, he said. The sun, the moon, 
and eleven stars bowed low before me. This time he told the dream to his father as well as his brothers, but his father scolded him. What kind of dream is that, he asked. Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow to the ground before you? So if we just stop for a minute and, and the next part of our scripture will end up picking up at the end of Joseph, at the end of his life or at the end of God's plan. So what we saw here was that God gave him a dream and God didn't just tell him one time. God spoke to him two times. But if we sit back and we think about the process here is that as Joseph told his brothers, did it not seem that it, it seemed like he was bragging about him a little bit if we could it seemed like he was being arrogant about it okay well, so why do you say that pastor james is because he told them the second dream and it's already had stated that they already hated him even more because of the what he was speaking to them so he became he became a uh, uh, bragging and he became arrogant and what the Lord has spoke to him. So now I'm going to be transparent in that same reference is when the Lord had called me to be a pastor. Well, what did I begin to do? I began to tell people that the Lord's called me to be a pastor. And I didn't know what to do with that yet. You know, because because when you begin to introduce yourself as such as, then they begin to view you as differently and they begin to point this out and they begin to point that out. So with so in that same token, everything that God speaks to you doesn't mean that you need to be speaking to people. It might not be that timing for you to begin to display to people what God has called you to do or the dream that God has placed within inside of you. But but we gotta be we gotta be real here. At this time, Joseph was only 17 years old. So I mean we've all dealt with 17 year olds before and we've been 17 years old and we think back and we're like, man, I was so immature, you know. You know, I think at that time, mom had already been married for a year by that time, right? A year or two, you know, and it's like, man, all of these decisions that I'm having to make have become immature decisions. And I look back at them, if I'd have had my time back, what, what's that old saying that we say? The hindsight's what? 2020. So if, it, or we even say this scenario, if I knew then what I knew now, things would be differently. But the reality is, is you can't go back in time and you can't change. You can't change what you've done. What you can change is what you do now and what you do now would change your future. Somebody's got to get a hold of that. What we do right now, when we begin to seek God like we're supposed to be seeking God, when we're pressing into Him, it's not going to, it's, it's going to change us right now. But the reality is, is it's going to change us tomorrow. It's going to change us the next day. It's going to change us a year from now. And not only is it going to affect us, because we talked about this on Mother's Day, is that when, when we receive what God has for us, then it will begin to affect Elizabeth. It will begin to affect John the Baptist. And it will begin to put people in the places that they're supposed to be in. And, and, and oftentimes that part of that plan hinges on us doing what God has spoken to us. What God has called us to do. So, so do we think because we find favor with the Father that we are free to share what God has given us? But because of his pride and arrogance, God would soon begin this refining process in Joseph's life. Now, I got to say this, ladies and gentlemen, if we saw this very refining process take place in all of these people that we read about through the Word of God, what makes us any different? Now, I'm sure that there's so many people that had not been talked about in the Bible, like Pastor James. There's been people that's not been talked about by uh, uh, Pastor Benny Hinn or, or whoever uh, the person may be. These people have not been found in Scripture. But the reality is, is if, if somebody's pursuing God and if they're wanting to walk with God, well, baby, you got to go through the fire. You got to be refined. You got to be removed from who you are. You got to get all those things that are not of God. They've got to come out of you. So, so. So, so that becomes up to us. So, so what happened here is, as we all know the stories, that, that, that Joseph went back to go check on his brother. His father, Jacob, sent him back to go check on his brothers. And when he went to go check on his brothers, his brothers had plotted to kill him. 
And instead of killing him, one of the brothers spoke up and said, you know what? We would, it, we would feel so guilty because his blood is on our hands. Why don't we just sell him off as a slave? And that just seemed to work so good because here's the reality, ladies and gentlemen, is that once you were sold as a slave, once you became a slave, well then guess what? You were always a slave. You married a slave. Your kids would become slaves. And that would be the only life that you would ever know from there out. And if you were born into slavery, well then that's all you've ever known. And but see, but the good news is God wants to set us free. God wants to move us from where we are to where He wants us to be. So as as Joseph was sold into slavery, he was sold to some Ishmaelites. You know, that's kind of funny because they were really his ancestors if you really look at it. Because who was Ishmael? Was that not Abraham's first son before Sarah? So, you know, he gets sold off to some of his own kin folks, but I'm sure at this time they, they really don't know, or maybe they do know, but that's not even what's important. So, so, so Joseph was thrown into a pit, and he was thrown in, and then he was sold into slavery. So, so, so for some of y'all that don't know what pit stands for, pit stands for preachers in training. <laughs> preachers in training. But he was sold into slavery as well. And, and when he got to Egypt, so the very first thing that happened here was he was sold to Potiphar. Does anybody know who Potiphar was? He was one of Pharaoh's main guys that he was in charge uh, of, of, of certain things there in the kingdom. And, and because Joseph walked in, in reverence of what he was doing, everything that he did, everything that he touched became blessed. Everything that he did, he prospered in. And see, and what happens is Potiphar realized this. Potiphar realized that, that what Joseph was doing was that he was walking with the Lord or the Lord was walking with him. However you want to say it, the reality is, is that we're walking with the Lord, but the Lord does walk with us as well. And we're walking hand in hand. And I don't want to get in front of God and I don't want to fall behind God. I want to hold his hand when I walk. So ladies and gentlemen, I invite you to do the very same thing, to hold God's hand during this walk with him. It's so, 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 so important. You know, we've all seen that. We've all seen that poem before. And I remember it uh, as a kid and it was called The Footprints. You know, and there was two sets of footprints. And I still think to this day that the author is unknown, but the reality is it's the Holy Spirit was the author of that. And if you haven't read that poem, I would suggest that you look that up. And it was talking about being two sets of footprints. And, 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 and as they were walking, they were side by side. And eventually what happened was one set of the footprints disappeared. And then the person spoke up and said, Lord, I've always seen two footprints, but now I only see one set. And the Lord spoke up and said that these are my footprints because I'm carrying you. Because I'm carrying you, ladies and gentlemen. He's carrying you. He's carrying us. He was carrying Joseph as we could read here in Scripture. That what he was doing, he was with Joseph in everything that he did. But here's one of the things that I want to point out to you. I'm going to point this out here in just a minute because my thought process just got ahead of myself here. So as Joseph was, was in Potiphar's house and he became successful in everything that he did, so what did Potiphar do? Potiphar promoted him. He got moved up. He was still a slave. He was still a servant. But what happened? He got moved up. He got moved up into a position where he began to look over the administrations of his, of, of his master, Potiphar. And he was in charge of everything that, that Potiphar had. But there was one thing that was off limits. And what would you think that was? Potiphar's wife. So one day, Potiphar's wife caught the hots for Joseph. And she pursued him day in and day out. And within her pursuing, Joseph, could, could, you, could you imagine how we've tried to avoid people before? Now, let's just be honest. We were walking in Walmart and you noticed somebody that you saw. So not to be rude, you kind of made track the other way or you made that process to try to avoid him. So avoid them. So what I could imagine here was that Joseph was in Walmart and he was walking. No, he really wasn't in Walmart. I don't know. Maybe they had something like that. I don't know. Maybe they called it 
Uh, no, I'm not. I'm not even going to speculate on that one. But the reality is, is that he was dodging her day in and day out, day in and day out, day in and day out. And one day she caught hold of Joseph, and she got hold of his robe, and he took off running because it was at this point where she surprised him. So, ladies and gentlemen, I'm going to tell you, the devil's going to try to grab you sometimes, and he's going to try to surprise you. But what are you going to do? What are you going to do? Are you going to run? Are you going to stand and fight? We're going to run. And here's the reason why we're going to run. Not because we're scared of him, but because of what, 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 uh, what Potiphar's wife wanted to do with him. She wanted to lay and to sleep with him. And you know, what, you know what he spoke up and he said? He said, I'm in charge of everything that my master has. He said, but there's one thing that I won't do and I will not sleep with his wife. So he took off running. And when he ran, her robe was still in his hand. And she began to yell out, and, and, and if I could just imagine this way, rape, rape, rape. And she began to pin this on Joseph because why? She did not want to look like the bad person here in this situation because you know, she was subject to her master as well. You know, not that she was a slave, but women looked up to their husbands as as you are the man you you are the one you know, I, i'm here to serve you as well and, and i'm not i'm not placing men or women in those roles right now it's not what i'm saying but the husband is the head of the house and all that just really means is that he's the spiritual leader but potiphar was in no position to be a spiritual leader because they worship pagan gods so in what happened here so now if we could just think about this what book of the bible were we were just reading from Genesis. Genesis. So who wrote the book of Genesis? Moses. Moses didn't come into play until when? The book of Exodus. So you tell me what Bible did Joseph had to read that says that thou shalt not sleep with your master's wife? At what point did we really see that? Did we see that in Scripture? He didn't have no Scripture to read. So I want to get to some points here at the end of our message and I want to talk about some of these key things that Joseph displayed about every piece of the puzzle has a place. So and as Joseph he 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 hauled tail and he ran and she pinned she pinned this rape charge on him then what happened was that they threw him in prison. Now these prisons were not the prisons that we see here in America. These prisons are probably a 4 by 4 and it, and it said, and they put him in chains and, and, and they tormented him all the time. In other words, they gave him the bread of affliction. Well, what does that mean? I'm going to feed you just enough to keep you alive. Just enough to keep you alive. Why? Because dying would be too easy. So again, we're seeing that Joseph got sold into slavery. And then he, he got moved into a position where he was no longer the low man on the totem pole. He was beginning to do things. And I can begin to see that very thing take that actually took place in my life and being called into the ministry and being called to preach when I was 21 years old. And that the Lord began to put me in places and I saw myself moving up. Oh, will, will you open us in prayer or will you preach on this Wednesday night once a year or where you become youth pastor you know and 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 things like that so I, I begin to see myself moving a little bit and then it seems like as I moved then I begin to take a decline and seeing what happened here was that we saw this very same thing happen for Joseph as well he took a decline and then he was in prison so, but here's here's the good news is that the man that was in charge of the prison saw that Joseph was prospering in everything that he was doing as well. So what did he do? He put him in charge of the prisoners. So while he was in charge of the prisoners, one day the, the uh, Pharaoh had threw two of his servants in prison. One of them was his baker. The other one was his cupbearer. And one night, both of these guys had a dream. They both had a dream and they woke up the next morning not knowing what these dreams meant. They could not find a rhyme or reason to what these dreams were or neither could they be interpreted. And, and, and Joseph spoke up because they were, they were talking to each other about the dreams and Joseph heard what they were saying. And you know, Joseph sat back and was like, 
Well, you know, I couldn't interpret your dreams. But didn't Joseph had a dream? Didn't Joseph had two dreams too? But at the same time, he's not saying, hey, you know, I had a dream one time. And look where I'm at. I had a dream one time. I had a dream one time that God called me to be a pastor. I had a dream one time that, that God called me to be the pastor's right hand man. I had a dream one time that, that, that God told me to be a worship leader. I had a dream one time that God told me to do this and to do that. But, you know, look where I'm at right now. Did he become defeated because of where he was? Or did he remain faithful in what God had called him to be? So we see this through the scripture that he's going to remain He's going to remain who God has called him to be. So what did he do? He interpreted the dreams and he's, he looked at the baker and he said, within three days, he said, uh, he said, your head's coming off. And then with the cupbearer, he said, within three days, he said, you're going to be restored to your position. And within this, Joseph said, hey, remember me when, you know, hey, you know, guys, hey, when you get out of here, you know, remember me? Okay, well, you know, uh, the Lord's called me to go over here to this church and I'm going to start pastoring over here. Hey, hey, man, won't you remember me sometimes? You know, you know, I still preach too, right? Won't you, won't you call me to come, come preach for you on a Sunday? You know, just how you scratch my back, I scratch yours. You know, the Lord's looking out for you. Why don't you look out for me? And 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 sadly enough for me, I've been in that position as well, and never got a call to come preach anywhere. So that's, that's why I made a vow to God that, Lord, it, that as you call me to be a pastor, I'm going to use those that are under me to minister. Uh, this isn't just my pulpit. This is our ministry. The Lord just called me to be the lead of it is all. And, he, and every person that's going to be a part of it, that the Lord's called to be a part of it, is going to help lead as well. I say, but not everybody's a follower. Some people are meant to be leaders. And how can they ever be a leader if you don't give them a chance to lead? So I'm just, I find that very important in this ministry that that's how we will operate here unless the Lord leads me in a different direction. But that's been one of the things that the Lord has laid on my heart. So, so as they went on, so and it, it, it came to pass that three days later that the, that the baker, his head came off and that the cupbearer was restored. And the cupbearer forgot all about Joseph. He forgot, he was just so glad to be restored. He forgot all about Joseph. So, and then one day, one day Pharaoh, the Pharaoh, which the king, the king of Egypt, he had a dream. And not only did he have one dream, but he had two dreams. And he called for his magicians, and he called for his, his council board, but nobody could interpret the dream that he had. And then the cupbearer spoke up. Majesty, I remember this guy in prison that interpreted two of our dreams, and they came to pass within that time frame that, that he spoke through the interpretation of this dream. So immediately Pharaoh called for Joseph to be presented. So Joseph went and did what? He went and got himself cleaned up. And the Bible says that he shaved. So I could imagine he had a beard too, you know. Uh -huh. I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, man, that kind of sounds like me a little bit. But, you know, but the reality is, is, is God has a plan for each one of us as well. So, so as, as, as Joseph was presented before Pharaoh and Pharaoh began to, to mention his dream to Joseph and Joseph began to interpret the dream and we've all heard about the dream. It was like seven years of, of feasting and seven years of famine. And the reality here is that is that he said, okay, well, Pharaoh, look, you got to put somebody in charge that's going to be able to keep up with all this and, and, and put order where it needs to be ordered. So Pharaoh looked at, at, at his, now, he looked at his council board or his board of directors and he said, hey, I can't think of nobody better than this guy because he can interpret dreams from God. So God is with him. He said, so, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to take my ring off that has my signet and I'm going to place it on your finger. And he said, and you will be in charge of everything that I own. You will answer to no one else but me. So exactly what scripture spoke is that there was seven years of plentiful. So by this, so by this time, by the time that he interpreted 
Pharaoh's dream 13 years had already came to pass from the time that he was thrown in prison. So he went from 17 years old to how old? To 30. So at 30 years old, it's like, man, I'm, do I, 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 I'm, I, I, I don't know where to go from this. And, and Joseph began to forget about his family. Excuse me. And Joseph had two sons and his first son's name was Manasseh. And it means to 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 be forgotten, and because Joseph was mourning, and 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 that was what was on his heart. And then his second son, I can't remember his name uh, off the top of my head, but that second son, his name means to be fruitful. So God calls him to be fruitful in the place where God had put him at, and that's exactly what's going to happen, ladies and gentlemen. When we walk in the fullness of what God has called us to. We're going to be fruitful. The things that we touch are going to multiply. And, 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 and it can't help but to. And why is that can't help but to? Because God's Word cannot lie. God's Word cannot lie. You know, Scripture says, whose report are we going to believe? Are we going to believe what man says? Or are we going to believe what God has to say about the situation? And what God had to say about the situation is so much more part of the part of that plan a part of that puzzle that that man would ever give credit for so by this time 20 years had already passed and because because you take the 13 years that he interpreted a dream and then he had seven years of the feasting so he gathered and he built the storehouses and they began to to collect a fifth of everybody's grains everything that they had a fifth of that for seven years so that it would be able to feed them through those seven years because it said that the seven years of of famine would supersede the seven years of feasting because it would be so dreadful it would be it would just be horribly dreadful and during this process not only had the famine had had affected egypt but it had it had went on into Canaan. Well, if we begin to look at it, the only thing that separates them is a river. So, so, so the 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 famine had went on into Canaan. So what happened here was 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 his brothers were sent by his father Jacob, and they come marching along, and they come do their thing, and they they come wanting to buy and we've heard the story before and I don't want to go too much into detail but the reality here is that they ended up purchasing and then they were sent back to the father with one less son because they kept him and put him in prison and and then they did not return immediately to 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 come and get the brother out of prison so what they did there was that they went they went home and they went through all of their grain, went through every bit of it. So Jacob sent them back and they said, hey, unless we take Benjamin with us, he's not going to sell us no more. So who was Benjamin? Benjamin was the younger brother. He became the brother after Joseph had disappeared, after they thought Joseph had been dead. But the reality is, is that they were sold into slavery, that he was sold into slavery. So what happens here, ladies and gentlemen, is, is eventually this catches up with them so i want to i want to get to i want to get to uh so uh let me read this so joseph's brothers show up on the scene to purchase food and the famine has spread throughout canaan as well as the story continues on joseph had concealed his identity from his brothers and as we read in genesis chapter 45 verses 1 through 8 joseph could stand it no longer there were many people in the room and he said to his attendants out all of you so he was along with his brothers when he told them who he was then he broke down and wept he wept so loudly the egyptians could hear him and the word of it quickly carried to pharaoh's palace i am joseph he said to his brothers is my father still alive but his brothers were speechless they were stunned to realize that joseph was standing there in front of them verse 4 please come closer he said to them so they came closer and he said it again i am joseph your brother whom you sold 
into slavery. Verse 5, but don't be upset and don't be angry with yourselves for selling me into this place. Listen to this. It was God who sent me here ahead of you to preserve your lives. This famine that has ravaged the land for two years. So now let's just stop. And he said there will be five more years. So, so now we were 22 years into this process here. 22 years in this process. So verse 6 will continue. And it said that for two years it will last five more years. And there will be neither plowing nor harvesting. God has sent me ahead of you to keep you and your families alive and to preserve many survivors so it was god who sent me here and not you and he is the one who made me an advisor to pharaoh the manager of his entire palace and governing of all of egypt ladies and gentlemen here here you see joseph begin to see the bigger picture here now after he revealed himself to who he was to his brothers but he had a confession to make you know i could imagine that through his life he began to place a little bit of blame on why he was there and he became bitter if we could say that now we've all had bitterness in us before but the reality is is it is, is we think that people has knocked us down but the reality is, is we've been knocked down so we can learn how to get back up we've been knocked down so that we can wipe brush the the dirt off of our knees and get up and just keep going and we we're going to get knocked down again but eventually after a while you're going to learn that when the devil comes against you you're going to know that to be able to to ready to take that hit you're going to take that punch you're, you're going to take it and it's not going to phase you because you're looking for it and you're ready for it hallelujah and joseph spoke up here and he said it was not you who sent me here so ladies and gentlemen i got a co confession that i want to make to you right here and right now you see joseph's brothers had a plan you see, but God's plan was so much bigger. They thought that they were doing away with him, but yet the reality is, is that they were following the plan that God had in store. Amen. They were following the plan that God had in store. So in the reality is, is they did not sell him into slavery. They began to propel him mm. into what God had called him to. So just because we get knocked down, like I said, it's, it's a part of the plan. As long as we remain faithful. Now, if we're going to lay there and we're going to wallow in our own pity, well, then we're not following in that plan. We're, we're having a pity party here. So, so there's a couple things that I want to point out to you. So within this sermon, there are a few key things that the Holy Spirit has revealed to me that must be presented during the revealing of his plan until fruition number one joseph never complained joseph never complained while he was sold into slavery and became a slave to potiphar he never complained once about his mistreatment he didn't try to bring understanding to the situation he swallowed pride and accepted what God had for him. Now I know I know this is tough to swallow. <laughs> I know this is tough to swallow, but you know when we get to the book of Numbers chapter 14, you maybe make you a side note there beside that one about complaining. Uh, you know, a while I think it was last year my wife was reading Exodus Numbers and she was like, "All these people do is complain." All they do is complain. You know, they had a set amount of time to be in the wilderness. Because when, 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 excuse me, I get a little choked up on my words sometimes, or I get to stutter, and my wife, my wife and my daughter picks on me during the week. She's like, wee, 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 wee. That's okay, yeah. baby. <laughs> it don't bother me. But the, but the reality is, is, you know, is when Moses spoke to Pharaoh, he said, let my people go that they may what? That they may worship me in the wilderness. He didn't say anything about taking them to a promised land. So they had a set amount of time to be in the wilderness. So what God has planned for us, there's a set amount of time, ladies and gentlemen. There's a set amount of time. The question is, are we going to go through this time frame that God has allotted for that? Or are we going to turn this into 40 years when it doesn't have to be? God's got a plan. But 
our plans got to line up with God's plan. And this plan can take longer than what it was ever meant to take because we begin to do what the children of Israel did. And if you read in the book of Numbers chapter 14, God said because of your complaining, because he was so fed up with your complaining, here's what he said. Every one of you that came out of Egypt, you won't see the promised land because you complain. He said, only your heirs will be able to receive that. So that tells me that God takes very serious about our complaint. What, is compl what does complain mean? God, if I was you, I would do it differently. God, if I was you, I would do it differently. When we complain, that's exactly what we're telling God. When we begin to complain to now let's just be real here. When we go get something to eat, when we go get fast food, when we go sit down at a restaurant and we begin to complain about our food, what's the reality of what we're saying? If that was me, I would have made my plate differently. I would have done things differently. I would have came and checked on you earlier to see if you needed something else to drink. But see, the reality is, Lady Jim, we don't know what plans the people, other people are going through. And we, when we begin to complain about things, uh, we, begin to, we begin to create a separation there. We begin to become separated from that plan. And, and it moves us away from what God is wanting to do. And it keeps us to, to be in that wilderness longer than what we were ever meant to be. So uh, number two, the second thing that I want to point out about Joseph is that Joseph was relentless. Joseph was relentless. His faithfulness of remaining loyal to God no matter the consequence. So this one's going to hinge with number three here, and you're going to see why I'm going to say it. As a matter of fact, I'm going to put these two together. So number three, he walked in the fear of the Lord. Joseph had no Bible to read. His decision not to sleep with his master's wife made this visible and became essential in walking out the plan of God. He was relentless. Like what we'd already talked about, he didn't have no Bible. He didn't have no Bible to read. All he had was the fear of the Lord. He just had his reverence for God. Well, I know that I'm not supposed to do this, so I'm not going to do it. When we begin to partake in those things that we already know is wrong, it, it really displays our lack of the fear of God. And we're just going to be real with that. There's no, I don't, I don't have no sugar up here. I'm not sprinkling no sugar on God's word. I'm just going to give it to you, just like God gives to me. And Joseph was relentless in how he served God. That's just, that's just the bottom line, ladies and gentlemen. Let me get to this, this, uh, this last thing right here, number four. And it said, and he took no thought of himself. Joseph's willingness to help others, people, in spite of his own dreams. Us helping others. Well, um, I think I'm, I think I missed some words here, but us helping others during our process or in our time of need and despair will will propel us closer to fulfilling God's plan. You know, it's just like we talked about, you know, Joseph could have Joseph could have looked at the butler and the cupbearer and he said, you know, he could have said, you know what? I had a dream too. I had a dream, but you know what? I've been crushed. Here I am. I'm right here and and I'm in a least condition than what you are because I've came from royalty myself. You know, and I've been sold into slavery and I have done nothing wrong. There was no fault of what I had done. But the process that God has to take us through is refining, ladies and gentlemen. And we're going to go through it. How long are we going to stay in the wilderness? Are we willing to help other people while we're on this journey? Because just like I said, sometimes we might sit down together and we might start this puzzle together. But the reality is, is everybody ain't finishing this puzzle. Everybody that's been in your life may not be in your life during this season. Our, our life has seasons. Our walk with God has seasons. And we got to realize that everybody's not going to be there through that whole process. You know, I've watched me and another brother. And he, he, matter of fact, I got him coming to preach in a couple weeks. And... Um, 
you know, we kind of grew up a lot together and, and we became safe together, if I could just really say it that way. And, and I really looked up to him, even though he was a little younger than me, I looked up to him and I looked up to him as, as, I, as though I was Timothy and he was my Paul. And I began to look up to him and he looked at me one day and I didn't understand it. But he looked at me, he said, he said, well, you know what I see? He said, I see a grapevine and there's just a bunch of grapes on it. He said, one of those grapes is me and one of them is you and we're in that same cluster. And he said, one day we're going to be picked and we're going to be separated. We're not going to be together no more. He said, but one day we're going to come back together. So usually with grapes, after they're crushed, what ends up happening? All that juice gets all mixed up and it comes back together. And I've looked over the past couple years, we've came back together. Uh, you know, a, a, a lifelong friend of mine, you know, he's a prophet, he's a minister as well. And, and how the Lord has, has worked in a plan and God's worked in my plan and he's done these things and now he's bringing us back together. And, and, and it's, it's, I don't want to say it's a coincidence, but it's, or nor do I want to say that it's ironic, but it's part of God's plan and it's how God wants to work here. So, so here's something else that I want to I leave you with today in closing. Is that Joseph's brothers could not stop the plan that God had for him. But Joseph was faced with decision after decision that would determine if he was going to walk out God's plan. I want you to hear me on this. Nobody can stop the plan that God has for your life but you. You are the only one that can stand in God's way of what He wants to do in your life. No, 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 matter, no matter who's present in our life, no matter who we have to answer to at work, no matter who we have to answer to at home, no, no matter uh, who we have to answer to in any situation, the decision that we make, we saw this so visible for, for Joseph. Joseph could have been bitter. Joseph could have been complaining. But the reality is, is he accepted he accepted what was happening as being part of God's plan. Excuse me. And nobody could stop him. Nobody could stop him, him but himself. So I want to repeat this again so that you can hear me clearly. Excuse me, you know, as we read through the Bible, you know, oftentimes we will hear and it says, Truly, truly, I say unto you. Well, what does that mean? He didn't say truly, truly. It's just a way that they spoke that says, Hey, I'm placing emphasis on this. Why call me Lord, Lord, and not do the will of my Father? So he places emphasis. So I, this is the exact same thing that I want to do here this morning is that I want to repeat this again so that you can hear me clearly, is nobody can stop God's plans for your life but you. No matter the situation, no matter the circumstance, no matter the person, it is your decision if you will let His perfect will be done. I encourage you today to trust God's faithfulness no matter what is going on around you, or in you, as long as you walk in obedience, God's plan is happening. It is happening. What decisions are we going to be making? It's very important that we make the right decisions. It's important that we make the right decisions because as, 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 as we read at the very beginning, at the very beginning, is that God's plan for us is to what they are for good and they are to prosper us. That's what God's plans are. And Satan just wants to get in the way of these plans. He don't even know what the plans are, but he just knows that if I can interrupt these plans, but little does he even really know that God is using him to to help us to become refined. To help us to become refined in the pureness of everything that God has called us to be, ladies and gentlemen. I encourage you today that decisions that you make, that they are godly decisions. That they are decisions that are based off of God's Word. Because you've heard me say it time and time and time again. We can't change God's Word, but God's Word can change us.
You just have to put it in you. you it's just, it's got to be there. You, the scripture said that I meditate on it day and night. What does the meditate mean? We've talked about this before. It's like cow. Cow's got three stomachs. They keep chewing it. And they pass it to the next stomach. And they keep chewing it and breaking it down. And they keep chewing it, passing it to the next stomach and breaking it down until that there's nothing left there. Are we meditating on God's Word? That's why I don't say it's important that you read a chapter a day or two chapters a day. Read and meditate on it. Read and meditate on it. Let it become life. Let, let these words not just be words on a page, but let them become words that direct us and how we're supposed to live and how we are supposed to lead others, how we are supposed to lead our family. I've done really good on my time and today, and and I, and I just thank the Lord for that. But I I, I kind of wanna I I, I wanna uh, I've already placed the challenge for us to walk out there. But now I'd like to pray for you, to to help make this applicable. And after we finish, we're gonna we're gonna end our video, and we're gonna do our communion, and then we'll do tithing offerings. Let me pray with you, ladies and gentlemen. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, we thank you for your love. Lord, we thank you for your mercy and your kindness, Lord, that you have so graciously uh, showed us, Lord, regardless of who we are and where we've been at through this journey. But Lord, as we come to the realization today, Lord, that every piece of the puzzle has a place. And we can't skip a step, Lord. We got to be in tune with what you're doing, Lord. And you told us in the book of John that the Holy Spirit is the revealer of all truth. You also told us that the Holy Spirit, would that He would tell us of things to come. So, Lord, as we stay in contact with you, as we stay in commune with you, Father, Lord, that we're not caught by surprise. We're, we're, we're not caught by surprise by the things that happen, Lord. We become prepared for what you're doing in our life, Lord. And as we, we take these few things, Lord, that we've learned here today, Lord, to make them applicable in our life, Lord, that you would lead us and that you would guide us in all truth. Lord, as we even read in our opening scripture this morning, that if we were caused to believe a lie, it just becomes the evidence, Lord, that the Holy Spirit's not indwelling. But Lord, we've asked you for the Holy Spirit. We've asked you for the Alos Paracletos, the other of the same kind, the other that will be our counselor, that will be our helper, that will be our aid. He'll be our ever-present help in a time of need, that He is always sitting at the right hand of the Father, pleading our case at all times. So Lord, we just thank you today. Lord, as we look at this bigger picture, Lord, and that so many pieces of the puzzle are beginning to make this picture, Lord, look more like reality. Lord, in each phase that you have for us, Lord, as we continue to trust you, Lord, as we don't try to skip a step because we know, Lord, that if we skip a step, Lord, that we've messed up the recipe. We know that it's not going to look like what it's supposed to look like, Lord. And just like we learned about David last week, that we don't, we can't go to the next part of the test or we can't be promoted until we pass the test. So we keep taking the test until we pass it. Lord, help us today. Lord, be with us. Lead us and guide us. Lord, help to make this word, Father, Lord, to be refreshing in our spirits, Lord. Lord, that we would constantly hear your word speaking to us. So, Lord, we just thank you. Lord, we ask that you will be with us, that you will lead us and guide us, Lord, throughout this week. Bring us back safely, Lord, as you desire. And until then, Lord, help us to bring glory to your name by the way that we act and we live around others and in our own secret lives, Lord. So we just praise you, we glorify you, we honor you, and we thank you in the precious name of Jesus Christ, Lord. Amen and amen. Amen.